Beautiful. All right, I'll roll that. Um, oh, it's been a while. Oof. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm Corey. Uh, and I'm, I'm still Woody, I think. And I'm Corey's bump. And <laughs> this, is, this is the ISOCast. <laughs> I have a I have a sebaceous cyst above my eye. Can you see that? I'm looking. You have to explain that word to me, though. I've never heard that before. So there's a gland. Uh, you know, as you get older, we have glands, <laughs> and <laughs> under my eyebrow, there's a gland that uh, normally emits, if you will, usually some sorts of oils and things. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, sometimes these pores get clogged. And it generates uh, a packet of of fluid, and in this case, it's called a sebaceous cyst. I've <laughs> seen uh, a packet. A th- I've seen three doctors, uh, two online, one in person, have another appointment on the first of December to determine whether or not I qualify for an, an unnecessary. Um, but in my mind, if you look at the size of this thing, <clears throat> a necessary surgery, you know, just a removal or a, an aspiration, mm. uh, not like I have goals, but I need this sucked out, which is funny <laughs> that aspiration kind of means the same thing, doesn't it? It's like a goal, yeah, like something you wanted to, or in this case, get removed. So I have a bump. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say it was a beer bump. That's what I thought. Going with that. <laughs> that would be hilarious if like uh, all the beer um, mostly goes to your belly, but then little areas go to these uh, sockets around your face <laughs> as you get older. <laughs> but I was, I had to say, I have to say I was, I was talking to a, uh, to a three-year-old and you know, mm. she pointed it out as children do. And I realized I'm that old man on a bench sitting around talking to kids about things on their face. <laughs> no. <laughs> so are you, uh, did she, did the three-year-old recommend having it removed? What was, what was her medical opinion? Well, she was very uncomfortable with it as we talked mm-hmm. about it, but reassuringly, I explained that I'd seen doctors, that it's safe, that this is not a, a medical issue, that it's just unsightly. Mm-hmm. All the while, um, podcast listeners can't see the face that she made, but it was like this. <laughs> So she could tell it's like, you got that look with like, I never want to be old like you. Right. 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 Have you been? I've been good. I've been good. My eyes are fine. My eyes don't have a cyst. No packets of fluid. I might be guilty of the beer bump, but, uh, you know, I feel, I think it's all relative. I feel like most of us, if we all, we all agree to put on the same amount of weight together. (laughs) We're all going to come out of this. It's all going to be even. It's all going to be a wash. Right. I've heard it referred to as the COVID-20, right? <laughs> Where, I'm going to put on 20 pounds during this this whole coronavirus thing. I got to say, I'm pretty proud. Um, this really is spawned by our illustrious prime minister, um, oh. who not so many weeks ago addressed the nation and said, uh, this really sucks, Right. <laughs> And I, I really like that frankness. I, I like how he's been speaking recently. Yeah. I, I think just the other day he said, uh, I, I don't want to be here. And I know you don't want to see me right now. <laughs> Which is, I love the frankness of it. But um, yeah, it's, it, it was almost a scolding. It was almost like, 
a, a dad at his kids and oh. you were just you felt bad i never he was just like yeah what are you doing don't do this i don't want to do this you don't want me to do this let's all agree to stop together like what let's use our heads here i never thought of it that way um <laughs> yeah now that i think about it, it is like dad came downstairs and said look i don't want to talk to you you don't want me talking to you but here we are your mother asked me to come down here <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't i didn't care for that i don't want that nobody wants to be doing this okay. no one's happy about this situation what, what he had um, said, yeah. though, that I, I appreciated, uh, especially regarding mental health and going into the winter, was uh, have a plan, right? Have a plan for the winter. This is going to be really hard and uh, put a plan together. So this, you know, when you talk about the COVID-20 or the beer bump or whatever we're starting to put on, there's the normal winter weight and stuff. But I have to say, mm -hmm. we have been going to the gym pretty much daily. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm like working out and stuff. And Are you? Yeah. Uh, oh, man. It's part of my winter plan. I'm like, you know what? We're going to cross-country ski. <laughs> I'm going to meditate. I'm going to read more. I'm going to stop watching so much garbage on TV. And, you know, it's not like these resolutions. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to do all these things. I have to give you credit because a lot of this came from that book, Atomic Habits. Oh. Well, don't give me credit then. Okay. Give James, James give Clear the credit. Mr. Yeah. Clear gets some credit for sure. But you recommended a fantastic book that was... You know, you sometimes run into those one or two things in your life that actually change the course of, of what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And this is one of those, like mm -hmm. stacking my habits feels really good. It's hard to find a book like that inside of that genre, I find, because a lot, there's so much fluff and there's so much, just be who you want to be. And mm -hmm. just, and it's like, well, it doesn't give you anything <laughs> tangible to hang on, hang your hat on, you know? Find your passion. <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. The, the whole self-help section, I was just at Indigo the other day, stocking up on some, some fresh literature. And again, I go to the self-helps and it's like, it's just, first of all, there's a, knowing that I'm one of them, there's sort of a conglomerate of people collected around that shelf right mm -hmm. and you have to i at least say to myself what's wrong with all of us here right <laughs> why are we here <laughs> and then second as i'm pulling books off the shelf and stuff and i i tend to look at if there's a picture of the author that's a bad sign right anyone, oh. anyone who's like hey i'm gonna put myself on the jacket because me right and then if i'm kind of becoming one of those if you don't have any credentials eh, you know, I feel like you're just going to be pulling all kinds of research and air quotes out and just cherry picking stuff as opposed to giving me some solid science. It's very, well, that's it. I think that's, that's the difference because it's very easy to write a book on your anecdotal experience of, well, I did this and I'm okay. So therefore here's my book. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. versus maybe if I think about it for a minute and would, if what, what I, what I did, would that actually work for other people? And I think that's what uh, why James's book works a lot because there's something to do. There's steps involved. Do this and then do this and then do this and be patient with it. And it's not just him he's talking about. He's got research to back up what he's saying. Yeah. And again, I think some of the, he has some, what I call practical hacks, right? Those <laughs> things that actually help, you know, if you want to develop a habit, make it easy, right? So I've got a workout outfit. Mm -hmm. I've got uh, my shoes by the front door. I've got this oh. time that I've carved out of my calendar every day. It doesn't matter what time I do it, but I've got two hours that I'm going to go do it, right? And then the second was just showing up. 
right? It's like, even if you feel like I do not want to do this and I go down there, you've, you've already kind of, I'm dressed, (laughs) I'm standing here. So it's kind of dopey for me to turn around and go back. I might as well just hit the rowing machine for a bit. Can't go to Indigo in your, your running gear. So might as well go for a run. Might as well go for a run. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, building those little things in have, have helped uh, tremendously. And it just, again, harkens back to this, having a plan for the winter. Cause yeah, we know this is going to be a tough one. Um, really tough. I mean, you said winter's tough always, and that's true. And I don't know. I mean, you're in Quebec, which is usually colder than here, but I'm looking out my window right now and the snow is a fallen. Yeah. We're going to get that soon. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's dark, right? This, you know, we all have the, the daylight saving time. Daylight saving just is one saving. Is it daylight saving <laughs> or where, where does the S go? Uh, no, it's daylight saving times. <laughs> That's, those are the times that <laughs> the, we're in. The day, is it a possessive? The daylight saving? Yeah, yeah. Is it what's... No, but nothing's saving. It's it's just dark. I don't know why they call it that. It gets darker. It's brutal at 4.30. Like I've got the uh. I've got the solar watch face and it just... It's so like only a little slice of the pie is is what we call day right now. So you... you <laughs> Even the after things, set. You compound all of these things with uh, what are we going to do? Like uh, we should say, by the way, to the listeners that this is a, a you and me show, if you haven't been able to tell already. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, our next guest uh, is at home with COVID-19. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So her husband got it and brought it home and now she has it. And now they're uh, oh, home with God. COVID-19. So um, we're going to postpone that particular mm-hmm. <laughs> conversation until mm-hmm. uh, we wish them well and they, and they get better. Goodness. Okay. Yes. Well, geez, best wishes to her. It's real. I mean, this is the first time on the ISOcast that we uh, we have to postpone a guest because they they have the coronavirus. Like, it is. Here we are. I mean, we've talked about. By the way, I my partner reminded me because we did the episode where I talked about my experience getting tested for it. Yeah, and I don't know if I ever clarified negative. Oh, so <laughs> I assume so. Thanks for the follow up. <laughs> All right, so you were able to to do your visit uh, as planned. As planned, everything went went fine, and and yeah, I mean, my partner's still getting tested, you know, once a week or every every ten days or so, and so far so good. Knock on wood, but you know, it, it weighs on you, and every time you sneeze, every time you cough, you think, you know, what what could that be? And yeah, but so far that the testing's come back and it's all been good. But it, it is real, and people, I don't know these people like to ask, do you ever know anyone who's had COVID and whatever? And mm-hmm. I I don't need to to know that it's real, first of all, and, and two and. <laughs> You think that's like the impetus for the question is like, do you think you do? you think it's real? Because you don't They're know just these numbers of things, and mm. and then B, yes, and especially now is the answer too. Sure, so. sure. I, you know, I, I, I hasten to talk about it because, um, you know, I'm reading all of the the newspaper articles about planning whatever it is we're going to do for Christmas. Right. This mm-hmm. this is obviously a pretty significant topic, and weighs heavily on my mind. Um, for all the reasons, but like right now, I, I know you had the luxury of going to get tested. We, I, we'd have to in Quebec, uh, sort of pretend that we might have it or know somebody that does, or have been in contact with somebody because right. you can't just, you know, for the fun of it, go get tested because you want to go do something. Like, let's say I want to go and visit my family for Christmas. Hypothetically, mm-hmm. uh, I can't go into a testing center and say, I need the test. You know, they're going to be like, le test, le test, right? Um, (laughs) it, it makes it. No, we can't either now. And I got mine. Okay. Right before they, they changed the rules because there was just too many people lining up to go get it. And 
probably people were getting it in the line, I'm assuming, because everyone's congregating in, in testing centers to, to get the test. Good intentions, maybe not the most practical idea. So now, don't quote me on this, but I believe you have to be showing symptoms in order to apply for a test. And then even then you have to call in, you make an appointment, they give you a time, et cetera, et cetera. So basically, um, tests are not available unless you are a front care, um, yeah. healthcare worker or one of the other um, jobs that require testing on a regular basis. All the pre-qualifiers you and I do not have. Um, no. Yeah. No. It can't be like, I, I miss my mom, <laughs> you know. And have I, you, have you, because I've, I've kind of made my Christmas plan. Oh. Not going to have one. I'm just going to stay here. That's stay what you're doing. Home. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. <sighs> it's really hard. I'm, uh, I'm glad you shared that because okay. I, you know, I'm, I think we're trying to make a decision that can reconcile what's in our hearts and what's in our heads. And that's never easy to do. Um, and in our heads, we know what to do, right? Or moreover, what not to do. In our mm-hmm. hearts, we know what we want to do. And um, it's hard because we can we can get pretty complacent and arrogant, I think, with our decisions. We can say, you know, I live in a rural area and I don't see a lot of people and it's, you know, not a big deal. Um, but, you know, Ati and I have been have been speaking on, I think, more importantly, it's not just the decision that that two individuals say make to see each other. It's that you are also now making a decision on behalf of likely their community of people that they're part of, right? That's the thing of contagion is that it's like, it's okay, I'll go see you because it'll be fun. But if I bring it to you, maybe we get it and we don't care. Maybe um, from the people I know who have it, you believe me, you care. You should care. <laughs> yeah. But it's the people in their now network that you're potentially putting at risk, right? So I don't, I don't want to use the hashtag cancel Christmas, right? But... <laughs> What I've, I I keep coming back to is like so many people have made incredibly difficult sacrifices during this period, far beyond anything, say, you and I have had to make, not even mm-hmm. close. And is this really that big of a sacrifice to say this is the year that we're just, we're just going to have to put everything aside and take care of each other? You know, is it, as I say it, <laughs> it sounds like the right thing to do, doesn't it? Yes. And no, it's not that big of a sacrifice, but everything else you said makes sense. And it's just something like this, this sucks. This this whole thing sucks. There's no other way to say it. But just because it sucks isn't a reason to, to follow the things that we want to do. I think that's the lesson that we've hopefully learned as we're going through this second wave, third wave, whatever we're calling it. That's bigger than the first one. You know, every time we come up, there's holidays fairly frequently. We had this conversation about Halloween and then before that, it was Canadian Thanksgiving, and now it's American Thanksgiving this week coming up. And there's always going to be a holiday that we want to do the things that we normally do. We're creatures of habit. Mm. Um, with that said, cancel Christmas isn't the right hashtag. It's just alternative Christmas or whatever, because Christmas is going to happen. It's what we do when it happens that that I think matters. And you know, a Zoom Christmas or a Google Hangout Christmas isn't the same thing, but that's that's the smart thing to do. If I were to think of the spirit of the holiday season, which is giving, <laughs> then I can't think well. of I can't think of a better way to to give um, than to maybe you know my my family has decided no adult gifts this year, all donations to food banks, for example. Love it. Um, similarly, I'm looking at volunteer opportunities around here over the holiday season where I can help families in need, and 
it just, it feels like the right thing to do. And it feels like I'm not giving up that much, honestly. Like mm -hmm. who doesn't love, of course, seeing family, of course, but. <sighs> it all makes sense too. Be I mean, schools are out at Christmas anyway. I mean, if you, if you need a, I know in Ontario, we just announced a new quasi lockdown, so to speak. But if you need a, a four week period to try and get things kind of back under control slightly, Christmas is the perfect way to do it. Most people take vacation normally, schools close anyway. You can extend it on one side or the other. I'm not saying that's going to make a, a big dent in this, but it's the most logical time of the year to do it. I've never considered that. This is, um, this potentially could you know, maybe round off the curve a little bit, right? <laughs> Something. Not, yeah. I mean, that, <laughs> I, that's logistically makes a lot of sense. You know, there's a, there's a hashtag floating around, which is like, you know, COVID zero, this, this concept of what would Canada need to do to essentially eliminate it. And theoretically it's possible, but you know, logistically it's simply not. Right. Um, but a lot of the spirit of what that is, uh, I think is valuable because it, it means saying what, level of sacrifice could we nationwide make for the short term and potentially that could be done over christmas but again the pr firm has is way behind on this one way behind. i was just gonna say we're going back to the pr firm again and it's just uh, but i mean again COVID fatigue and i get it you know we've been doing this since march and uh, how many more of these things do we need to miss and i mean i get it there's a very human element to this yeah but you gotta you gotta hang in you gotta stay in the boat because it, it is what it is i hate that phrase but there's Human nature is to want to control your environment, and we can't in this case. And yeah, if, if I go decide to go to see my parents for Christmas, is that a, a big risk? No, if I'm talking about myself as one individual. But if every individual makes the same decision, and that's the problem, that's what we're seeing in terms of stores closing and or being forced to close in transit. It's not about one or two people making a decision. It's about the group as a whole making a decision. And that's the hard part. Yep. Uh, you know... One of the things I, I at least appreciate in the messaging from the federal government is uh, we're in the middle now, right? It's not like this isn't, <laughs> we're almost at the end because there's maybe a vaccine available, maybe at some point next year. Mm -hmm. They're they're very realistically saying this this is the hump now. This is the middle of it. By this time next year, potentially most Canadians might have been vaccinated, right? But Again, not saying that it's like just because someone has a vaccine doesn't mean that we all just run back out into concerts and stuff. It just can't be. It's it's going to be a slow integration. And I mean, that vaccine, the news is is great. Like there's no other way around it. It's 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 a promising piece of information, but it's not as if, you know, come come January 1st, this all goes away either. I mean, there are lots of questions and lots of trials still to be done and lots of more, you know, more evidence that that most people would need before they would take it, I'm sure. Um, oh, yeah. Yep. They haven't, as far as I know, haven't tried it on kids. They haven't tried it on the elderly. So there's, I mean, there's just, and there's just, I mean, this, if this works, this might be the greatest scientific innovation in the history of time because vaccines are not made in eight months. They're made over 10 or 20 years to work the way that they are designed to work. We don't have polio anymore, but the polio vaccine took decades. Mm -hmm. I mean, if this actually turns out to, to work even half of what they're saying, I don't think there's an argument. Uh, and when you take these organizations and all arrows are pointed toward one end, right? It's pretty amazing um, what we're able to actually accomplish here. And I think though, you and I spoke about this very, very early that, you know, the vaccine is the kind of, it is the, 
the be all and end all we hope. But uh, you and I are probably not going to jump in line first <laughs> to get that, right? <laughs> no. And fortunately, I guess, we're not going to be allowed to anyway. Right. So there's going to be likely, like, I think best estimations is you and I get the shot in the arm or two, whatever the case may be, um, this time next year. Is it going to be in the arm? Is that for sure? No, it's probably going to be in the butt. It's probably going to be in the butt. (laughs) I don't know, man. You know, everyone's choosing sides too, if they want their Pfizer or their Moderna and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know, man. It's a little bit Does it really matter? Yeah. No, no. I mean, here in Quebec, Mm -hmm. one of them you probably don't need to store, you know, 70 below because it already is. Yeah, I don't think most people care which which company it comes from. I don't know anything about. I've heard of those companies, you know, before two weeks ago, but I don't know anything about either either of them. So, I think it for me it doesn't matter. I'm not gonna be the first one in line, like you said. I'm not gonna be allowed to be the first one in line either. Um, but again, this is not a short. This is also not short term. It's short term in terms of the realm of how vaccines are created. But this is gonna be probably another six months at minimum just to get the people who need it. You know. If you work in a hospital, you're a doctor, a nurse, et cetera, PSW. If, and then if you're older, if you have diabetes or any of these illnesses that have, have shown to make you more susceptible. And then Uncle Corey and Woody, maybe for <laughs> Christmas next year, might be, might be able to get in the line. And um, <laughs> it's my understanding that there's no real knowledge of how asymptomatic carriers might still be an issue even if you've been inoculated right so right. you could be vaccinated and it doesn't it means you don't get sick perhaps but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not a carrier right so true this is a real big global effort and i think one of the things at least that i like in the covid zero hashtag idea uh is the the idea of keeping um territories and borders really really tightly locked down Right. They look at Atlanta, Canada and how well that worked for them because one, nobody wants to go there. Sorry. And two, you know, they just didn't let anybody in. Right. So that's really how they contained it. And that's, I think one of the considerations for us in the new years, I mean, America is never really going to open to us. Not, I mean, it's just not, we can nope. extend till December 21st, all we want. I mean, they're just going to keep pushing that until it's like the two week quarantine in, in March where everyone knew it wasn't going to be two weeks, but the PR firm said two weeks. Every two weeks, they said another two weeks, another two weeks. It's just a way to kind of make it more palatable. Yep. But we know we're not, I'm not going to the US. Could be years. I mean, and there's that's another, a whole other thing with the mindset behind vaccines down there. I mean, my goodness, uh, not going to get into that kettle of fish, but <laughs> I don't, just because there is one doesn't mean it's going to be taken. So. No, no. Yeah. Um, so you don't have a bump, but do you have a plan? Not really. I mean, probably just gonna keep doing what I've been doing. You know, we're, we've been staying home pretty much all the time, and winter's easier to stay home because you don't want to go out in the snow. On the other hand, it's always nice to go out for a walk when you when you need it, and that makes it more more difficult. But no, not not a big plan. Just gonna keep on keep on going and uh, take it one day at a time. I know that's also cliche, but that's honestly what what we've been doing. And just what are we doing today? What's the plan for today? When you get to the evening, oh, we want to do it tomorrow and not really trying to think about too much of the long term. Um, and that's been working so far. But like everybody else, I have good days and bad days yeah. where it kind of gets a bit overwhelming and you get the COVID fatigue and all that kind of stuff. But um, I have been exercising as well, actually, not going anywhere, but just here in the basement doing doing some at-home workouts. And that 
it's not rocket science. It helps mental health, physical health. It, exercising gets a lot of that stuff out of you, and it's, sure does. it has been helpful. Yeah, yeah. My the the one like I was having some. Uh, here goes old man Corey again. I was having some back issues over the summer, you know, pinched nerves and all this stuff. I right? like, oh, God, I'm getting to that place in my life. And after going through physio, it was very clear that I needed to do strengthening, strength, you know, strength training, get like, you know, my back strong and stuff. So nothing like the gym, nothing like lifting free weights and, you know, cardio and stuff. But the side effect of it, like that's the motivator. I want to go down there because I don't want to be, you know, mm-hmm. unable to move <laughs> but the the, Me too. the beautiful side effect has been mental health it's like you feel so much more optimistic about everything you know you can just brush stuff off quickly and uh, life looks a little bit easier and it's something to do and that might sound sad in, in general but when you're at when you're at home all the time you know i know you're a big calendar guy and i am too and i put exercise on my calendar every day for an hour um and that it's just another thing it's that's going back to the book atomic habits you have to make it it's not an option anymore it's something that i just do it's in my calendar this is what i do and sometimes it's a you know i do a hit i try and do a hit exercise you know three or four times a week sometimes you're not into it but i will go for a walk or i'll do something it's some sort of get my steps in and feel like you know i'm not in a mood today to really go all out with the the exercise but i can go for a walk or i can go for a jog or yep. just something and it, it it's something to do especially when you're at home and you it's so hard, sometimes so difficult to to distinguish personal life, professional life, exercise. It's all in the same room in in, in some cases. So um, putting it on my calendar has really helped. Yeah, there's a blur. I you know I'm an Apple Watch guy, right? So I, I like the the reminders and filling my exercise rings and stuff, and uh, just making small changes like you know walking to the grocery store, which mm-hmm. is like about about a kilometer away as opposed to driving to the grocery store, if I can, you know, so I do that every day, like, you know, get light groceries, things like this though. But uh, what I liked about James Clear's book was uh, adopting the mentality that you are the kind of person that goes to the gym, right? It's not just like, I'm going to go to the gym. It's like, no, I'm, I'm a person who's healthy and a person who's healthy goes to the gym. These are the things that we do. It's like, I'm trying to read more and more and more. And it's like, because I want to be the kind of person that reads. And, mm-hmm. and if that actually that little shift of reframing it a little bit makes me pick up, pick up a book because it's like, I'm a reader. I'm a reader. So I'm going to read for, and I like the part where he talks about, oh, you don't have to do it. You know, if you've never gone to the gym ever and you're going to go tomorrow for the first day, don't go for an hour. You're going to kill yourself. Go for three minutes or yep. five minutes and start slow. And that's kind of what I've been doing in my home gym without any equipment, just, you know, doing what I can here is having realistic expectations of over the summer when it was, you know, I would go for a jog in the morning when it was nice out, I'd come home and do some exercise and that was all nice. And now it's snowing. So no more outside. And I stopped doing it for probably six weeks. And I decided, you know what? Yeah. I want to be a guy who exercises. I don't want to be gym guy. I don't want to be, I'm never going to be that guy. Right. But I want to feel good about myself. And if I do some, even just five minutes of exercise a day, I can say, Hey, you know what? I showed up today and I did it. And it's going to suck at the beginning, but if you make it a habit, you do it three times a week, four times a week for all the time, your body will be like, Hey, you know what? This is what we do. And mm-hmm. it won't be sore anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All these little things help. Like I, like I don't keep beer in the house. I want a beer. Mm-hmm. I got to go get a beer. <laughs> you know, it's like, and I'm not saying I won't ever have beer. I'm just not going to make it easy. Right? right. So these bad habits. And that's the other thing the book really addresses is like, make them difficult. That's a quick way to kick it because it's easier to, to do it if you've made it convenient for yourself, right? So 
I, I was thinking about different exercise routines for those that are not fortunate enough to have an open gym, right? We have a gym that's open in our condo right now. So that's really nice. The uh, government has okay. yet to shut that down. So there's, there's rules within the gym and stuff that are working pretty well. Um, but I was thinking about a guy, Kevin Walton, way back when we lived in Costa Rica, he was a teacher. He was a former military guy. Uh, he okay. lived with me for about maybe a month or so. Really, really sweet guy. He looked like he was carved out of wood. Right. He was unbelievably fit. And I never saw him go to the gym once. But what he oh. had was a broomstick. <laughs> that sure. was it. All of his exercises was like 20 minutes a day. He was doing these different things with a broomstick. And then, uh, you know, every now and then he'd go for like a run for like six miles or something. <laughs> and that was it. That was his whole routine. I think that's the big myth about exercise. And I'm certainly not an expert on the, the science of exercise. But you don't need to go to the gym for two hours every day. You shouldn't. You know, if you do 20 to 30 minutes effective something, but you have to do it every day. I think that's that you got to show up every single day. And otherwise, you're just checking the boxes. Oh, I did that two hours today. Good for me. Well, not really. Because if you don't do it again tomorrow, what's the point? The uh, I, I don't want to go, go back to James Clear again. The <laughs> other, you don't see <laughs> that. You don't see the effect of these atomic habits for a long period of time, right? So it's very discouraging. I remember all the times that I was like, I'm going to be a gym guy. And I'd go to the gym and I'd, after like two, three weeks, it's like, I don't see any difference at all. And it was just like, what are the, what's the point? You won't. You won't. Um, but now after about a month and a half of going to the gym, sometimes I'm like, you know, getting out of the shower, I'm like, oh, hello. <laughs> hello. You look different today. What's oh. that? <laughs> Maybe you want to get back in the shower. I don't know. Like, there's... There's now a, a measurable psychological effect, but uh, yes, and I think that's important, especially for a plan going into the winter. Here is that is the psychology. Obviously, is is more so than anything else. I mean, there's lots of other factors, but psychology is probably the you know mental health is number one, and doing things that make you like yourself and happy with yourself. And that might not be exercise for everybody, but I think just exercising not for your physical um, result, but just for me mental, it makes me feel, it gets my stress out makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I've accomplished something I want to do today. Um, but it also have it stacking. It goes in conjunction. You can't just exercise. You got to have a diet that, that reflects yep. that. So I'm going to exercise for 30 minutes, then down a six pack of beer right after. It doesn't really, uh, is not conducive to the shower image we want to project. No, <laughs> I was, I was once visiting a client with a producer back in the, uh, you know, the before times when we could do stuff like that. And we walked out of this pitch meeting and we were standing on the street and the producer really wanted the show. And I said to the producer, you need to strive to detach yourself from outcome. And uh, that sounded really great at the time because mm -hmm. um, that's what I do. I say things that sound really nice, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I apply any of them. But it's only <laughs> recently that in this uh, exercise uh, regiment and uh, eating better and all this fun stuff, is that I'm detaching myself from the, the goal of it. It's not like I want to be fit one day. Mm -hmm. And again, the book addresses that. It's like, you, it's really about, I am a fit person, <laughs> right? It's not like one day, ta-da, I'm fit. So I could stop going to the gym now, right? Right. Because when, as you get older, it goes away fast. You, it, holy cow. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you put in all that work. And it's like my Spanish now, it sucks. And I'm really mad at myself because I put on all those years of getting good at it or sort of good at it. And now it's just like, man, really? It's I'm all gonna, gone. I'm going to butcher the phrase, but 
it's something to the effect of every day that you're out of playing tennis, it takes four to get back in. Right. So I wish you used pickleball there, but mm, I get the analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, are we done? I guess. All right. I'm Corey. And, uh, I'm Woody. And I'm Corey's bump. (laughs) (laughs) This was the ISOcast. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.